Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. We've got a great bully pulpit topic for you today. Um, we are going to talk about this news that we're hearing about the end of the world. It's here. Yeah. And um, so what do you think, guys? I mean, September 23rd. Yeah. It's here. It's do on you have us. your freezer packed foods? It, it's all ready to go. I've pitched a tent next door whatever. to uh, Hal Lindsey's house because I know he's going to be raptured. And if I'm still behind, then I'll know that I'm in, in trouble. So, yeah. Well, what has spurred some of these speculations um, most recently? The plain teaching of the word of God. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, there's been a lot of natural so, disasters lately. Yes. So with, with some of the high profile disasters, not just the storms in the Gulf of Mexico, but there's been some other earthquakes and that sort of thing mm-hmm. in various parts of the world. And as is always the case when we see these things happening, there are the inevitable voices that begin to speculate. These are the signs of the end times. Now, has what, Kim Jong-un yet been identified as the Antichrist? He anyway? can't be the Antichrist because he's not tall, good-looking, and with an Eastern European <laughs> accent. Oh, gotcha. Duh! Um, read your Bible next time, Carl. So the thing that we have to navigate carefully is, on the one hand, when we see tragic things happen in this world we do need to talk about them in terms at some point in terms of the fallenness of this world in terms of what things can be properly understood as expressions of god's judgment in this world him turning this world over to its futility romans chapter 8 but at the same time not making the kind of standard you know irresponsible statements of you know the reason why this hurricane hit Houston is because they have a lesbian mayor. In other words, I don't want to go so far as to say there was a natural disaster and God had nothing to do with it. You you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to make that error. If you have a rich and and probably biblical understanding of God's sovereignty, clearly nothing happens Mm -hmm. from which God is absolutely detached. And that can create some very, very difficult questions. Mm -hmm. The death of a small child from cancer, for example, or on a macro historical scale, the Holocaust. Yeah. How do we wrestle with the kind of questions that those things throw up when, on the one hand, we want to maintain the biblical position that God is not responsible in any moral sense for sin, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, we do not wish to exempt any event from the scope of God's sovereignty, for to do the former would be to impute sin to God. Mm -hmm. To do the latter would be to grant a freedom to the creation which has not only has serious philosophical and theological implications, but also serious pastoral implications. Right. You're sitting with the couple who've just lost a child to cancer or a child who's been killed in a car crash. Is it actually pastorally helpful to say to them, God had nothing to do with right. this? God right. was not in control yeah. of that, and that is why this tragedy has happened to yeah. you. So I think those are the two poles that you have to bear in mind when you're wrestling with what are deep, mysterious, and to, in a very true sense, irresolvable problems when you're facing the problem of evil as yeah. it specifically manifests itself in the created right. realm. You know, Greg Boyd, who has gone further, of course, down the road 
towards rejecting the gospel. He's recently rejected substitutionary atonement as well as some other things. But, you know, 10, 12 years ago, he was kind of on the leading edge of those advancing open theism. And one of the things that Boyd, as a pastor of a large church at that time, said is that the only pastoral comfort he can give to people who are suffering is that God had nothing to do with this. In fact, God didn't even know it was going to happen. That for him, part of his rationale is that's the only pastoral responsibility and pastorally sensitive thing to do is to assure people that God not only doesn't have anything to do with it, he didn't even know it was going to, to happen. And then I think there you got, on one level, you can sympathize with him wanting to say that. Oh, yeah. But you have a short-term pastoral gain right. and get God off the hook. Right. For long-term pastoral disaster, mm-hmm. God is no longer sovereign and in control. Right. Those texts that speak of God numbering the hairs of our head, of sparrows not falling to the ground without God mm-hmm. our Father knowing it. The overall scope of the biblical narrative whereby God is in control and subverts every evil ultimately to his greater right. glory. You right. lose that God. Yeah, and what you get is a God who I can trust his goodness can so long as I consider him incompetent. Right. Mm. I mean, that's not goodness. <laughs> right. And I think it really ruins your witness and your opportunity to point mm-hmm. to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I would say, is the pastoral, you know, if you want to know what God thinks about your son dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. where do you go with that? You have right. to take that to Christ. Mm-hmm. And again, without the compromising. sin's effect on the world, he's dealt with that sure. in Christ. Sure, And, you know, without compromising our doctrine of God's immutability and God's impassibility, we know that God knows what it is to experience this loss and that, that he offers up his son for mm-hmm. us. He, we have a sympathizing high priest right. who has experienced all manner of pain mm-hmm. and suffering himself. God came near us in that. He came near us in our suffering and pain mm-hmm. so that in his sovereignty, is, he does not simply stand aloof, but not only is he sovereign, but he also came very near He's the great I am who is over and above us, but he's also the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob mm-hmm. who came to mm-hmm. us and became a part of our own world. So I know what it's like to be in a hospital room with a family and a devastating diagnosis has been given or standing there with the family as the loved one breathes his or her last. And I just can't imagine trying to comfort them with the news that God didn't have anything to do with this. God didn't even know it was going to happen. See how good he is. What a vacuous non-hope to give to them. God is even less helpful than the doctors right. at this point. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 At least the doctors have skill and could try to intervene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, there's also another issue, and that is there is a great temptation, particularly at times of catastrophic national or international mm-hmm. disaster. Though I think it also occurs sometimes in the sort of the micro context we've talked about with family tragedy mm-hmm. of trying to read off the surface of bad events some kind of judgment of God, yeah. which I, I guess my take on that is, first of all, very much shaped by the book of Job. And the lesson of the book of Job is the various theories put forward by Job's comforters as to why he's going mm-hmm. through this suffering, all of them make perfect sense right. and all of them are wrong. Right. So there's that aspect to it. And secondly, I think there's the general principle that though we know that everything is providential, we know that God is sovereign and all things work together for his ultimate glory. The question of 
what motivates God to do any particular thing at any particular moment in time is not something we typically have access to. Take the terrible flooding, uh, the hurricanes uh, and the flooding in Texas and Florida Mm -hmm. recently. You alluded earlier, Todd, to somebody saying, you know, it was all to do with the fact that Houston got a lesbian mayor. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in Scripture do I find a verse that says, Houston's coming under judgment because he got a lesbian mayor. Right. What about the good Christians in Houston who never voted for that mayor, right. who may have suffered more than the mayor's family right. have done? Right, you know, and, and, and maybe God, maybe silly, sillinesses that flow from exactly. That. What if God flooded Houston because of all of the churches in that area that preach the prosperity gospel? Yeah, maybe that's why he flooded them. You know, the the the, the point is, is that it's kind of a who sinned, this man yeah. or his parents? Yeah. Well, actually, you're asking the wrong question. But God brought this about for his glory and to try to divine the immediate direct motivating cause is not wise at all it's funny how people who make those sort of claims generally seem to think that god thinks exactly like that <laughs> right. you know, right. they don't like a lesbian mayor mm-hmm. so they just assume that god has acted to judge the lesbian right. mayor right. in this particular way at this particular mm-hmm. point in time um God could, of course, intervened earlier and stopped a lesbian sure. mayor being elected in the first right. place. Right. It seemed to me, humanly speaking, mm-hmm. to have been a more equitable way of dealing yeah. with the situation. And, and I would say, actually, if you're looking for the judgment of God, the lesbian mayor is the judgment of God yeah. in, in, in one sense. Romans 1. Yeah, exactly. Romans 1. Yeah, exactly. Um, the loss of moral compass is constitutive of the judgment mm-hmm. of God. Right, right. Although, you know, when you hear about these hurricanes i believe you said hurricane is that what you call I say it hurricane why what do you call how do you mispronounce hurricane. yet another english <laughs> when you hurricane when you're watching hurricane. when you're watching the footage you know and it's awful and awful. you're awful <laughs> sorry sorry hurricane hurricane <laughs> But it does remind you that there is a judgment coming right you know i mean it does remind yep. me of just like that, mm-hmm. the Lord could return, or just like that, my life could be over yeah. today mm-hmm. in some other tragedy, and that I'm to be answerable to that. That's right. And these birth pangs, you know, mm-hmm. as we call them, and, and, you know, women who have gone through labor, we know it's long mm-hmm. <laughs> and painful. Hey, it's long for the man as well. <laughs> I suffered too. <laughs> well, and, and, and what you bring up is an important point, because what we don't want to do is look at the voices that say, well, the reason why Houston flooded or the reason why this earthquake is because da 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 Right. And what we don't want to do is to go so far the opposite way that we actually have nothing to say at mm-hmm. that point. Because the fact is, Jesus gives us something of a script when yes. it comes to these kinds of disasters, he whether does. it's the Tower of Siloam falling mm-hmm. or Pilate shedding the blood of, of mm-hmm. those Galilean pilgrims. Jesus gives us the script, which is, listen, now's the time to think about right. yourself. Do you think to repent? Were worse offenders right. than you? Right. We're all likewise. I mean, I think that, don't you? Now's like, the when time you to see repent. This loss mm-hmm. of lives, I think, why not me? You know, right. that could have been me. Mm-hmm. And there right. is a judgment. Exactly. And so, as a preacher, I want to avoid the errors of the kooks who have been able to, you know, to pin down, here's exactly why this happened. And at the same time, avoid the pastoral malpractice of having really nothing substantive to say after something like that. When Jesus himself gives us one of the ways to speak into those things, certainly we speak with compassion. Certainly we want to, if you're in that, we want to try to, you know, alleviate the suffering of our neighbors, but also we want to be able to say, have you repented? You know, 
Today is the day of salvation. This is just a taste of Mm -hmm. what is coming one day. And I understand why a lot of preachers don't want to say things like that, because it's offensive. It's offensive to talk about the judgment of God. And yet these disasters give us an opportunity to visit that category. God is a judge. Judgment is coming. And we would be foolish not to think about it and to consider our own heart when the deluge, if you mm-hmm. like, when it I comes. mean, which again points us to Christ, because without Christ, you know, we are all condemned in that way. And we, we all deserve judgment. What will you be covered with mm-hmm. when judgment comes? Will you be covered with your own good works or will you be covered with a righteousness that is not your own? Mm-hmm. These are conversations we ought to have when the floodwaters rise or when the earth shakes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that the discussion's been helpful, albeit brief, but with these disasters, and there'll be no abating of disasters, they're going to continue for as long as we're south of heaven, but it's important that we speak intelligently and biblically and charitably into these issues. That means we want to be compassionate and we want to be sensitive, but we also want to talk about being prepared, being prepared for what these various natural disasters are simply a foretaste of. And that means our need for Christ. So we hope that you've been helped by that. Now, if you'll visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, we do have a giveaway this time, which is audio from a PCRT conference, a Philadelphia Conference in Reformed Theology. The topic is eschatology in church history, and it asks questions about dispensationalism, what the early church believed about the end times, etc. It features uh, addresses by men like Ligon Duncan and Michael Horton and Joel Beakey, and I think that these are talks that you'll be helped by and that will be interesting to you. So please come to our website and register to win one of those. Until next time, thanks so much for joining us. Farewell from Mortification of Spin. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... James, tell us a little bit about why the topic of the doctrine of God has so gripped your imagination. And since we're talking so much about divine simplicity and God being without parts, can you break down for the regular layperson what that means? These things that are at the heart of who we are as humans, and so it it matters. It ought to matter to us to get God right. That interview is next time. Join us then. That's right. Well, so Zadie yeah. came home. Duh. Zadie and a couple of her friends came home saying, you should have heard our discussion at lunch about the end times and September 23rd. And we want, we want to talk.
talk to you about it. And I was like, I can tell you one thing. I can tell you for sure what day it isn't happening, and that is September 23rd. <laughs> so he's like, see, I told you guys. 